Well, good morning uh, once again. Uh, third through sixth graders, you guys are dismissed to your class. Uh, good to be with you uh, once again. I see some new faces uh, with us this morning. I see some beautiful faces. I also see some other faces as well, but we'll kind of keep that silent. But i uh, thankful all of you are here with us this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our series that we started last week. Uh, made for this. Uh, we made the statement this past week um, that every person is being called by God for a purpose, and that purpose is to live a life on mission with Him. Maybe this morning um, you're kind of trying this whole church thing out. Maybe, maybe uh, the thought of God and Jesus is still something you're just not sure about. Uh, I just want you to know that I am so thankful uh, that you are here this morning. In this past week, we look at a story in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew's in the, in the New Testament. Uh, and, and as this story kind of was unfolding, Jesus approaches someone whom we might see as someone that we were surprised that Jesus approached because of his background, because of the choices that he is currently making, because of the baggage, because of the sin that's consuming his life. And I, and I love that story of Matthew because Jesus approaches Matthew and says, Matthew, I see something in you. I see your heart of, of humility and I see that I could make you into something and I could fill your life with something that you've been looking for and I see something in you and I want to call you and I just want you to follow me. You know, the thought of following after something, especially when you don't know particularly what you're following after, seems a little crazy. Anybody else? You see, Matthew had seen Jesus do the impossible. Matthew had seen Jesus uh, raise this man who could not walk and said, I want you to pick up your mat and I want you to walk. And not only you walk, I want to forgive your sins. You see, Matthew saw that and Matthew had been longing, just like many of us this morning, had been longing for something to give our lives purpose, to give our lives meaning, to give us joy, to give us hope. And I want to, I want to share with you this morning that Jesus is your answer. Jesus is your answer, and the reason I can proclaim that, and the reason I believe that, because He's changed my life. And I know many this morning could come and share how God has changed their life, but I want to I share with us a story. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9 this morning. We're going to get there in just a few minutes as Jesus is having a conversation with, with three different individuals, and He, and he kind of uses the same terminology that He used in Matthew chapter 9, and He simply says, I just want you to follow me. I want, I want you to follow after me. And last week we looked at the story of Matthew and we said, you know what, when Jesus gave us that invitation, when Jesus is giving us that invitation, we have a choice to make what we're going to do with that invitation. And we kind of broke it down and said, you know what, the first thing that we can do, as you know, is just ignore it. Act like it's not happening, act like it's not going on, and we can just ignore the calling of God in our lives. We also have the opportunity, and as many of us maybe live our lives, is, is, is we say yes to the calling of God. We say yes to God. We say yes to the mission and the purpose of God, and we dabble with it when it's convenient. 
We dabble with it when the Spirit of God comes on us, when we get excited, and then life hits us, and we get distracted. I know that's none of us this morning, but that can happen in your life, and has happened in my life. And then we have another group of people which I hope that all of us live our lives as, as every single day we wake up and say, God, I want to be used of you. God, I want to surrender all that I am. I want to surrender my family, my job, my individual self, my kids, my marriage, my friendships, everything about me. I want to be used of you today. And let me tell you something. There's no greater joy There's no greater fulfillment, there's no greater purpose, there's no greater meaning than allowing God to direct your steps and saying yes to following after Him. Amen? Maybe this morning you're still trying to figure this whole thing out. And you might say, you know what, Brennan, you're... That's your mission, but that's not the mission that I'm on. I just want to share with you, I I am totally cool with you being in that predicament, in that situation right now, but I want to be honest through God's Word that it's more. God wants more from us than just showing up on a Sunday morning. God wants more from us and more from you and just taking a part of your paycheck to help the ministers of the church. God wants to be a part of, of every single waking moment and, and action and being and decision of your life. And Jesus says time and time again, I want you to count the cost as you follow after me. But I can tell you one thing. There's nothing better than following Jesus on the journey and the adventure that he has for your life. Anybody have one of these on them? Go ahead and pull it out. Go ahead and take it out. If it's in your purse, it's in your, in your pocket. Um, some of you like I've already been out the entire time. I'm tweeting, whatever you do with that. Um, it's called a cell phone. called smartphones. Uh, they're smarter than me. Um, the average person checks this bad boy 110 times a day. Some of you are like, that is an understatement. All right, I am way more than that. And then some of you are like, I am way under that. I'm, I'm like one or two times a day because I never put it down. All right? 110 times a day we pick this thing up. 55% of phone users, this is interesting here, all right? I'm kind of just using this as an illustration, all right? I'm not saying that. These are of the devil, okay? So please don't say that your pastor said that cell phones are the devil, all right? 55% of phone users text while driving, all right? Much lower in this congregation, right? <clears throat> which is six times, listen, this is kind of crazy, which is six times more dangerous than driving drunk. Like, I, I did not believe it, I saw it, I went, and it's true. All right? Texting drivers are 23 times more likely to be involved in a crash than non-texting drivers. Parents are already like, oh. 84% of worldwide cell phone users report not being able to go a single day without their phone in their hand. 
50% of teens admit to being addicted to their cell phones. It is something they could not live without. I use that as an illustration that can we all agree that we live in a distracted culture. That, that we live in, in, in a culture that is vowing for our time, for our effort, for our money, for our thoughts, for all of these things. And this is just one example that I like to use here because this is one of the things, even though it's a good thing, any good thing can easily become a bad thing. Amen? Go a little deeper. In a recent survey put out by Lifeway, 80% of people who attend church said they believe a personal responsibility in living out their faith and the mission that God has them on. 61% of that 80% say they have not lived it out in the past six months. So the majority of us know what the mission is and the importance of it, but somehow it doesn't impact the way we live our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about for these next few minutes together. Let's pray. Father, we, um, Lord, please come and be near, Father. Lord, we can't and won't do this without you. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak. I pray that it would challenge us. I pray that it would encourage us, God. And I pray that it would convict us as well, Father. Um, Lord, as it has been all week for me, Lord, in my life. Um, God, please humble me. Humble me in this moment, God, that my words would be of you. Lord, that it would be an edification to the body of Christ this morning. Father, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 9, if you've got your Bibles, turn there. It will be on the screen behind me as well, uh, starting in verse 57. Let's read that together. It says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, now these are interesting passages here. Some of these are very difficult passages. Uh, Some of them you want to scratch your head on, and what is Jesus talking about here? But there's three things, and there's three people that, that Jesus is proclaiming here about as we answer the call to follow after Jesus... There will be distractions. Satan will use things in your life to get you off course. Some of you have experienced that in the past. Some of you are experiencing that right now. Some of you will experience that sometime, if not in the near future. And the first thing we see here 
is, in verse 57 and and 58, is uh, this other distracting mission that Satan wants to tempt us with is the mission of comfort. How many of you like to be comfortable? All right, some of you are like, you know what? I am so glad you'll have pads on your seats, all right? Because I can imagine listening to this guy for 30 minutes and not having that, all right? Uh, I, I mean, I, I read something the other day as I was on Facebook, you know, barely on Facebook ever, okay? Um, kind of giving away some things there. My phone is not an issue in my life, okay? It is, all right? I saw someone, they were looking for a comfortable bed. I don't know who it was, or, you know, I've got lower back pain. I just need something comfortable, and somebody wrote, when you find that out, let me know. We're always looking for something to make our lives more comfortable. And here's the thing, comfortable living is is not a problem, all right? Cell phones are not problems, but they can easily become that in our lives, amen? Here's the story taking place. In verse 57, a man comes to Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. Who's been that gung-ho person before? Maybe it was after a uh, mission trip or maybe a conference or... Maybe after a Sunday morning service or something. Maybe it was a sometime in your life where, where you're on fire for God. And praise Jesus for that. Praise God for that. That He has lit a fire under your soul and that, that you want to follow after Jesus. And, and we say, when we pray big prayers. God, I will do anything. I will go anywhere. And then about three days later, you're like, what was that prayer that I prayed to Jesus? Life hits us. And we get distracted. Or better yet, Jesus calls us to something and it's a little uncomfortable. Anybody been there before? Here's one thing that I've recognized in my own life. is the time when I allow myself with fear and trembling, step out on faith and experience God like I never have before in those uncomfortable moments where God grows me more. Where God grows me more. Where God does more in those moments where we simply just humble before him and say, God, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm a little iffy about that because you've called me. Like, where are we going? What are we going to be doing? How long am I going to be gone? All of these things, these emotions that many times keep us from, from actively following in obedience to Jesus. And, and we pray prayers and we say things like, Jesus, I will follow you like wherever I will do whatever and then somehow, some way, we lose that fire in our lives. I love what Jesus says in verse 58 to this guy. This guy, I mean, this guy is excited about following Jesus. And you think Jesus would be like, let's do this. All right, let's like, pack your bags and let's go. And let's, I, I want you on my team and all of these things. And here's what his response is like, come on, Jesus. I mean, trying to build a team here or what? All right, he says this. He goes, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Here's what he says to this man. Okay, if you follow me, you might be homeless. Anybody on board? Sign me up. That, that's how he responds. We don't know what this guy does with this. We don't know if he wrestles. We don't know if he goes away like the rich man and, and is sad because he's not willing to give up whatever it is in his life that's keeping him from being obedient to following after Jesus. But here's the thing. This is countercultural to the life that we live. I was looking for things that make our lives comfort. I mean, some of these things are awesome. Here, here's one of them. A hoodie that inflates into a pillow. Come on. I mean, that's pretty awesome, all right? I'm thinking I need one. How about a, an alarm clock 
that doubles as a coffee maker. That guy needs a prize. You see, we could go to Walmart after we eat dinner today, and we could go and we could see all of the things that we make and we desire that we want to bring our lives comfort. And here's the thing, comfort, there's no wrong thing in comfort whatsoever because God is the great comforter. But here's what comfort can do. Comfort can actually be a distraction in our lives because we don't trust God enough, our faith is not strong enough enough to walk out out of that comfort zone and allow God to be... Here's what happens when we, when we walk out of that comfort zone. We don't know what's going to happen next. We must trust God in those moments. And, and, I, and I love these stories here. You know, the story of Matthew this past week. Jesus said, I want you to follow after me. And, and, and Matthew counts the cost... And he, and he follows. Why? Why do many of us count the cost and follow after Jesus? Because here's the thing. Jesus can do more in you and through you than you can ever do for yourself or anything else can. What happens when the mission of comfort comes in conflict with the mission of Jesus? What happens when comfort becomes a bigger deal in our lives than Christ. What if Jesus is more about making us a dangerous follower of Jesus and less about keeping us safe all the time? Has anybody ever been on a trip before and you say, God, I just pray that you would just keep us safe, all right? That's an awesome prayer, all right? Like, when is the last time I've prayed, God, I just want to get, I want to do something dangerous for you. Anybody prayed that prayer lately? Like, God, I just want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to do something dangerous for the kingdom of God. Maureen and Samantha, those, the couple that I showed behind me. Um, you see, I don't believe God calls everyone to specific things, particularly, and, and, and crazy things. But they, they had been called uh, to some very dangerous places around the world. Places in the Middle East where... Speaking the name of Jesus could end up in prison or even losing their life. And spent most of their lives and been kicked out of many of those countries because they were following after Jesus. And they'll be here this summer and they're going to be sharing their testimony. They say, you know what? I would do it again if they would let me back in their country. I would do it again and again and again. And on the, and on the outside of that, we think, are they crazy? People are going to think that sometimes in your life when you, when you follow in obedience to Jesus. Like, what's wrong with this girl? Like, she's always got joy in her life and she's willing to do this and that for Jesus. She's willing to follow Jesus under any circumstances. We learn that Jesus says it would be better for us to count the cost before following him. The second distraction Jesus responds to is the mission of commitments. Verse 59. It says, He said to another man, Follow me. That same invitation. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, this seems like a pretty harsh response. Could you agree? Like, man, wow. 
sort of diving into this scripture a little bit because the next verse 61 and 62 is kind of on the same lines there of you think that Jesus is giving a very harsh response here. Here's the thing. God knows your heart. For some of us, that's a good thing. For some of us, that scares us. Let's be honest. God knows the heart of all people. And and, and sometimes in our life we say, God, I want to be used of you. God, I, I want to do big things for you. God knows your heart. God knows when I'm faking it. God knows when my own agenda is bigger than his agenda at that point in my life or that decision in my life. God knows the heart of all people. So when we pray that we would pray with humility, God, I truly desire for my life to be used of you. God, I will go anywhere for you. That is my desire. And at that moment, God says, I want you to follow after me. Because you've considered the cost. Maybe we've lived a whole life of this comfort level of what it means to follow after Jesus. And as I said before, it's not just showing up on Sunday mornings three out of four weeks of the month. It's so much more. And I apologize if that's your view of who God is. It is so much bigger and His purpose and His plan for your life is so much bigger and so much more fuller than maybe what you're experiencing right now. Jesus is your answer. And that same invitation He's given to each and every one of us, I want you to follow after me. It's interesting here in Verse 6, he says, um, Lord, I will follow you, but first. Anybody been there before? (laughs) Guilty. Um, I've heard that the word but completely impacts whatever was just said before. (laughs) Think about it just for a second. I want to, but... I wish I could, but I love you, but I'm all in, but I would do it, but I'll follow you, Jesus, but you see, I I believe this scripture is more about the heart of this individual than it is about the harsh criticism of him wanting to go back and to bury his dead father. You see, with Jesus, it's always a heart issue. It's not always a head issue. Jesus wants more than just your thoughts and your, and your, and your haphazardly obedience to him, in which I sometimes fall into in my life. He, like he wants all of us. He wants our hearts. He desires for us to fully surrender every single day. And God's word says, I want you to pick up your cross and follow after me. What does it look like to pick up a cross? It's probably not always a good thing every single day. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be difficulties. But there's no greater joy than following after Jesus. Once again, Jesus is your answer. The third distraction that he uses, the mission of competition. Anybody with a competitive spirit in here? Like you just have to win? Like we'll just keep doing it until I win? Anybody? <laughs> My, uh, we bought our kids a, a foosball table for... Um, for Christmas, yeah, we're old school. It's fine, all right. And it's in our dining room. Um, 
we figured until they get tired of it, we'll just leave it there, you know. So, um, They get pretty competitive. Okay, I get pretty competitive as well. Um, like, I love destroying my kids. I just do. There's something about that. 10-1, 10-2, I don't really care. They better learn how to play or don't play me, okay? Um, I'm a spinner, too. And I, I suppose it's illegal, but it's not illegal when I play. I love to spin that puppy. I mean, thing just, it fires up. No, but in seriousness, um, um, the mission of competition um, is a struggle for many of us. It is. Um, we want it our way. It's... Um, we have to be right. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's a, a job. Maybe it's with God. God, I, I, I trust my way more than I do you. I mean, I, I know your word says trust in you in all my ways and you will direct my path, but I'm really, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Like I, I want to stay in control, and, I, and there's fear that's, that's keeping me from surrendering because it's not, the, it's not the manly thing to do to give it all to you and to walk in that. Verse 61, it says, Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is trying to portray here, when we say yes to Jesus, we cannot continue to live in the lives that we used to. God's word time and time again says that we are a new creation. He literally gives us a new heart, and that is to follow after Him. And when God impacts our life, when the Spirit of God impacts our life, we stop desiring the fleshly things in our life. They, they're less important But here's the thing, God's word also says that we should not allow the devil a foothold in our lives because he will take it every single time. He will take it every single time to stand guard, to be on guard because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion to pounce on you, to destroy your life, your marriage, your job, your income, anything that you think is important. He wants to strip away from you. And here's the interesting thing is he wants to strip away the things that God wants to strip away as well in our lives because God wants to use sometimes even the difficult things to show how awesome and how mighty he is. There's been times in my life that Satan has tried to take me out, and God works for his glory. Anybody been there before? Like, God, you won the battle once again. Satan, you will not take the joy of this situation. God, you will not destroy me because I am a child of God. And I will walk in that faith. I will walk, let's be honest, sometimes in those trembling, fearful steps. God, I don't know what's going on here, but I want to trust you. I don't know where we're going. I want to follow after you, but I just want to daily surrender these things that are taking control, that are distracting me. Maybe it's something simple as a cell phone or whatever the situation is. Those things Satan can use to get you off course. How do I know this? Because it's happened to me many, many times. And I bet each of us probably has many things in our lives that we could say, God, yeah, you're starting to point some of those things out right now. Some of those things that I need to surrender to you.
there are a lot of things in our lives that are competing with God's mission for your life. You see, the primary characteristic Jesus is looking for in his followers is humility. He's looking for men and women who have a desire, have a true desire to follow after him, who have a desire to to lay down maybe some comforts in their lives, who have a desire to lay down some of some other commitments, maybe to adjust my life a little bit to follow after Jesus. Other things that compete for our time and our treasures and our talents and to purposely follow after Jesus. Um, We're going to shift just for a moment this morning. I'm going to ask Wesley to come back up. Um, In just a few minutes, we're going to be we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper together, and I'll explain what that looks like and what that means. Maybe that's new to you. Um, But uh, I just want us to take just a few minutes. I I don't know. Maybe your life is um, (laughs) maybe your life is full of distractions. My phone is on silence right now. It's been buzzing. Anybody else? Yeah. Kind of scared to turn it over. Um, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you maybe to ask some questions that you haven't asked before. Maybe it's been a while. Um, just between you and God. A couple of questions might be, God, are there any distractions in my life that I need to hand over to you? Are there any comforts that you have made more important than you have Christ? Are there any other commitments that you've been saying, but first, before you can follow Christ, call on your life? Are there any competing missions that might be good, but have become more important than your calling to know Christ and to make Him known. We're going to take just for a moment. Maybe, maybe, maybe you want to close your eyes. Um, um, maybe you want to sit. Maybe you want to kneel. I don't. I don't know. Spirit's leading in your life. Um, One thing I do know um, is that God desires a relationship with you. He desires to know you. He does. And I believe even this moment that that invitation that he's given Matthew and these three men that we don't know their names of, that same invitation Jesus is asking of you, follow me. And and in that moment, we have a decision that needs to be made. Yes, we can. We can ignore it. We we can ignore the call of of God in our lives. Or, Or maybe this morning you're wrestling with being all in. Maybe there's some things, some distractions that you haven't dealt with. Maybe there's some sin in your life that you haven't dealt with. Maybe there's some things going on in your life that maybe nobody else knows about and you just need to get right with God because here's the thing. It doesn't matter what I think. 
But let me, let me be honest. It matters everything what God thinks. Or maybe this morning, man, you have been running the race that God has been set before you and you have been following. And you found yourself in a situation. Maybe Satan is attacking. Maybe there's fear. Maybe, maybe you've, you've gotten off course and you've been there for a while and, and the thought of following Jesus seems so foreign to you. My prayer is, is that God ignites a fire in our hearts that we would pursue Him with all that we are, and that we would answer the call, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Just like the song says, God, wherever you go, I will follow. But I just want you to remember, following Jesus not only will change our lives, not only is the greatest thing that we will ever experience that will last for eternity, but following Jesus is not always easy. There's going to be times that you have to count the cost of, do I want to live in my fleshly desires? Do I really need this or want that? Or do I want to be obedient to God's call in my life? Because here's the thing. God might be calling some of you to go to the ends of the earth. You're like, me? I'm like, yes. God might be calling you to go to your next door neighbor just to build a relationship with them. Or maybe God's calling you to be a leader in your school. Maybe God's calling you to be an example of who he is in your workplace. Here's the thing. God's call never stops. And he is calling us, and the following should never stop. But i got to be honest, there's been times that I've had roadblocks. I've gotten off course. But I'm so thankful that I have a God, and I serve a God that is gracious. He is a God of second chances and third chances. He wants us to get back up and to follow after him.